Jillian, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's funny on the internet how you can go by, there's like half the people who decide to go by the real name and then like there's another half of people that just like wake up, they make up like a whole fake kind of personality or not fake, but like a, a creative, you know, sort of moniker or, or they're, they're like, it almost feels like I'm at a masquerade party sometimes where you've got people with, with you know, creative account names and, and entire personalities. Yeah, well, you know, when I was researching social media growth, a lot of people told me that people with aliases grow a lot faster because there's like an element of mystery and like a revelation type thing. And like, you don't actually know who it is, so you can't like idolize them or something. I don't know. Like it, it makes it more official or something if you have a alias that you go by or like a character. That is interesting. Pretty sure I put some thought into it and just couldn't land on anything or decide on on anything. It's hard. It's difficult to create a character like that. I, f- I feel like maybe either it comes to you or it doesn't. You can't really force that, that's, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And I feel like, I mean, the people that do it well have done it very well. You know, they have created this entire character, this entire life, it seems like, around the new name. Like, the person that comes to mind for me is Carnivore Aurelius. You know, he's an extreme. He's, like, an extremist, I guess I would say, because he's, like, very... um, But he's very outgoing with what he says and, like, very strict about the things that he says, but you don't know if he follows it for sure. Like, you don't know if he lives the life that he preaches to other people. And I think that's where the alias comes in handy is, like, (laughs) you can't really compare or evaluate their performance. You just assume that they are like this perfect person <laughs> it's true it, it, there's an element of, of co-creation in it where your imagination sort of kicks in to fill in the gaps and I, like i imagine some people have similar images of, of these anonymous accounts in their heads but it's also like living in, in your own mind like you're creating it in, in in to a certain degree where there's it's almost like reading a book where you you pick it up and it's all happening in your mind, really. There's, it's just words on a page. And then sometimes you go and watch the movie and it's like kind of disappointing because it didn't, didn't quite stack up to the movie that you had in your mind or the, or the scene you had in, in your imagination. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And for me personally, like I really wanted to become known for me and for the things that I, I want to put out into the world and the lifestyle that I live, like, the imperfect lifestyle that I live, like, to be a symbol that, like, it's not, you know, needs to be perfect, but, like, finding balance is, like, one of the huge purposes of life is finding balance. So that's why I chose to go by me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's so important and, and difficult to do. What was the, the catalyst for you to decide to put your face online and your authentic image and and your journey to find balance oh man okay um well I've been into health and wellness since I was probably 16 or 17 I've always been an athlete for my entire life I got into the gym 16 17 18 till today I still go to the gym all the time well now, now I have a home gym which is nice but um I went to school for nutrition and dietetics. I got a bachelor's in nutrition. I got a master's in leadership development, um, 
which I now realize is unnecessary, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> I also got certified as a health coach somewhere along the way. And the reason I did that was it was part of my own healing journey. Like to become a health coach, you have to really dive deep into what's going on with you and heal. Like you need to do the work. You need to heal yourself. Not completely because it's never going to be complete, but you need to really level up. And I found myself with an opportunity to become a health coach and that's what I did. And I, that was, a, it was a six month program and that's the most work I've ever done in my life. And, um, what the work was centered around, which I'm sure you heard a little bit about on my podcast is that my mother was an alcoholic and I'm an only child. So it very heavily impacted me. Not that it wouldn't if I had siblings, but it was just very difficult. Like I had to grow up really fast and I skipped a lot of the major developmental stages and a lot of the childhood I feel like was kind of taken away from me or like it wasn't available to me because I had to take care of myself. And so reflecting on all of that was the work I needed to do and coming to peace, coming to terms with it and deciding that it wasn't going to define the rest of my existence deciding that was in the past and now I'm my own person and I can decide and create the rest of my life beautiful wow that certainly sounds like a challenging journey that that you've been through and and props to you for facing it head-on and doing what you can to learn about it and to move towards wholeness and healing and to become an authority in the space as well earning bachelor's degrees master's degrees certifications so you said you got started on this journey around 16, 17, around how old are you now? I'm 25 now. I just turned 25. 25. Yeah. Awesome. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> major, nice. major turning point in life, as some people say. Yes. I like to think that every birthday is a chance to reimagine your life. Do you feel like you're officially an adult now? Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um... <laughs> For several reasons, one of which is the age, of course, that it's like, I'm no longer in my early 20s. Second of which is that recently, and I mean, I don't know, I don't want to get like too personal, but I recently got off um, birth control. And the result of that has been drastically life-changing and drastically altered the, the course that I want my life to take which I wasn't expecting, but it was literally like three months ago. And in those three months, like I've completely re-envisioned what I want out of life. So it just happened to correlate with my 25th birthday. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm ready for a new step, new steps in my life and taking on adulthood and being responsible and Waking up every day early and with gratitude and to plan my day out. And, you know, all the adulting things. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I'm 32 myself, and I thought when I turned 30, I would start to feel like an adult. I'm, I'm still waiting for it to happen. <laughs> so there's, it's been like a slow, gradual process. I, I don't, there's like always this, this inner child in me that's like always um, been pretty alive and awake. And then just there's also sort of this inner adult that that's like coming online, I guess, a, a maturity, a sense of um, 
capability and, and, and proficiency and, and confidence. And um, wow, so much that we could dive in, into there. Coming off, off birth control, this is, has been something that my girlfriend has, has experienced firsthand and I've experienced it secondhand. And, and it's pretty amazing, um, the changes that have happened. I'd, I'd love to hear more from you about what you've experienced and, and why you decided to, to do that and, and what your thoughts are now and how that changed your, your perception on, on everything. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I want to mention after you said that is that you have this um, kind of like inner child always bursting out of you and like you're working towards your inner adult. I have trouble connecting with the inner child. Like I've always had like the inner adult. So that's just like an interesting contrast, I feel like. But um, so I read a study one time that says that birth control changes the type of people you're attracted to. Because when your body is not ready to reproduce and your all your hormones aren't firing the same way, like you're willing to settle for certain things. Like you're willing, you know, to let to let superficial things define your attraction. But when you come off birth control and your body, your mind and body are ready to reproduce, you want a provider. Like you want a protector. You want someone that's going to be there for you and your kids. So that being said, I got engaged in August and we've been together for three years and I love him a lot and he's awesome. Um, But I put him through the ringer (laughs) when I came out of birth control because I was like, it was almost like I needed him to like revalidate everything that that we had already agreed on because I was like, are you really going to be there? Like, are you really going to provide? Are you really ready to be a father and a husband? And like, we're in the world, we're young, you know, I'm 25, he's 22. Like, are you ready to do this for the rest of your life? So that was difficult for us, but he's very patient with me, which I appreciate. Um, For my personal experience, my hormones have been like all over the place. Like I have been the most unbalanced I've ever been. I've been on birth control for 10 years. And I just crying one day. I'm like super happy the next day. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm depressed. I'm all all things all at once, it seems like. And I didn't realize how unbalanced I was until I got off the birth control. Because the birth control is almost like a like a topical treatment it's like a to cover up whatever's going on inside your body so once you get off of it your body does its natural thing and if it's not balanced it's not producing the hormones that it needs if it's not um if your skin isn't doing well like if your muscles aren't feeling well all of that's coming out and that's what happened was body aches like really bad back pain um my birth control actually started giving me sciatica, which is why I got off of it. Um, I've had like really bad breakouts. I have rosacea as a skin condition and that just flared up like crazy. My hair changed, my moods changed, my energy has like plummeted. It's It's been a whole thing, it's been a lot. Has your girlfriend, can your girlfriend relate to any of that? <laughs> so her experience was what I've, what I've observed primarily was that she would often have digestive issues. So it was almost, the, the birth control was causing more problems um, 
more so than masking it seemed like when she when she was on birth control it was like every other night there was um digestive distress like causing some pretty severe discomfort um even audibly like i could hear the digestive juices like flowing you know the, the stomach noises and then that's almost entirely gone um so that was definitely linked with the birth control um the hormonal changes from what i've observed she seems to be more much more confident now much more in touch with who she really is and, and her sense of self and her sense of, of of womanhood to put it um to put it in in that in that way where she seems to have a more clarity and and confidence which which is interesting from from looking at the way birth control is marketed as a way to empower women when it seems that potentially birth control as a hormone blocker may be cutting women off from a certain source their cycle and the and their flow and I'm curious to learn a little more from you like why what led you to to removing it from your life and um, would you recommend what would you recommend to other women listening in who might be interested in learning more about birth control or or um, this whole topic of of conversation definitely so a couple things i want to say <laughs> first of all even though all of the symptoms that i listed were pretty bad i would not go back <laughs> i would not go back to birth control i am much happier dealing with all of this stuff than being almost sedated on birth control. Um, that being said, it is very difficult. It is, I'm still dealing with it. It is like one of the most difficult things I've ever dealt with, but I do feel happier. I feel more natural. I feel more empowered, as you said. I feel more connected to my sense of self because it was very clear to me when I was on birth control that I didn't want kids. And my fiance loves kids. Like he wanted like, he literally wants 10 kids. And I'm like, okay, that's a lot, but let's start with one. Um, and it was very clear that I didn't want kids, that I wasn't, that I was going to be career oriented. I was going to travel the world and do whatever I wanted to do, which I still want to, you know, travel the world. But now that I'm off birth control and I have been reconnected to my womanhood and to my natural hormones and my natural state, like all I want in life is to be a great mother and raise amazing children and be a great wife. And also I still want to change the world with my practice, like through nutrition and behavior change. Like I still want to do that. But I know that I can first start doing that within myself and then my children and my family, and I can also do it for the world. So I am more empowered, definitely. And I tell all the people I know, not <laughs> I don't force it upon them, but if it comes up in topic, because a lot of women that I know have trouble with birth control, I tell them to get off of it. Um, I tell them all the things that I know <laughs> about it. Um, and I tell them to try it, you know, because you can, you can always go back on it if you need to. Some women need it. It affects everybody differently. Some women are very unbalanced naturally and they need the extra hormones. But most women just never really gave themselves a chance 
to balance out because they started it during puberty and they never grew into their full woman womanly state so um you can always go back on it i would say try and get off of it get through all the side effects the symptoms it's five months max i would say of like just dealing and like figuring yourself out and then worst case you can always go back on it but i think you're gonna feel a lot better if you stay off of it and i think that you're also going to make a lot of cuts for the people that are in your life it's going to become very clear who serves you and who doesn't not in like a arrogant way but the people that add to your life versus the people that are taking away your energy or wasting your time yeah that's a that's a big one um in general and i'm also really curious about the the normalization process it sounds like the past three months you've been going through some turbulence sort of regaining normalcy i mean you're on this prescription for 10 years that's a long time and i'm pretty sure it's a daily um isn't it a daily pill yeah so that <laughs> something that's you know was that three thousand three thousand days at least and how are you supporting your body, supporting your body and mind uh, through diet, fitness, lifestyle? I know you're already into these things, but did you change any of that in any way to sort support your body over the past three months and you're expecting to sort of liberate yourself from these symptoms as you normalize in, in the months ahead um, coming off the coming off the prescription and, and looking forward? Because you said you've been off for three months and t- things tend to normalize around five months. Um, guess I'm curious if you have a, a protocol to, to make that process uh, smooth and, and, and clear as, as, as you go. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm really glad that you asked. Um, and something I want to address as well is that it, it is a daily pill. And besides the effects of the pill themselves, there's also the anxiety of missing it, making, making sure that wherever you go, you have it on you. Um, And if you do miss it, the drastic measures that some women take to ensure that they don't have children. Um, And then there's like the IUDs, which I was on for the last year, which gave me like sciatica, sciatica pain, which is just brutal. But um, in terms of how I'm dealing with it, I'm one of those people that takes a deep dive into anything that I'm interested about. And... I did a ton of research on hormone balancing and coming off birth control and learning more about your body. And some of the best things that I've come up with are because of my problem areas where my skin, um, energy, and yeah, those those were like the two problem areas. I never really had issues with my diet or um, sleep. I prioritize those things a lot. But motivation as well, energy and motivation. Um, for my skin, I eliminated all of my harsh chemicals that I was using, um, thanks to Carnivore Aurelius and some other <laughs> some other um, trending accounts right now. I looked into the harmful chemicals. There's hormone disruptors in a lot of cosmetics, whether it be skin cream, makeup, hair hair styling things nail polish, which is hard for me to give up, Um, self-tanners, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, almost all of the mainstream products have hormone disruptors in them. 
um, because it helps stabilize the product. And so I eliminated a lot of those. I started making my own body wash, which was huge because I have a lot of irritation on my back. And um, I was using Dove, which was literally burning my skin. <laughs> so I started making my own body wash from Castile soap and uh, essential oils. You like dilute it with two to one ratio with water and then you put some essential oils in it to make it smell good. I started using raw honey on my face and on my back as needed. Well, I use raw honey on my face every night. I love raw honey. <laughs> I've also been eating it a lot more instead of sugar. Um, sugar is a huge thing for hormones as well. It feeds the bad bacteria in your gut. And as most people know, your gut and your entire body are very closely related. So um, cut back on a lot of sugar, but I've been eating fruit and honey which is not the same as processed sugar. Um, so if you're going to eat sugar, eat fruit and honey. What else? I started doing yoga, which is something that I never liked before. But the, the breathing and the stretching and the getting in tune with your body, taking peaceful moments um, twice a week has been huge for me. I've actually taken a step back from weightlifting for the summer because it's a very active summer. So I started doing yoga instead of weightlifting, um, taking it easy on my body. And then lastly, I also started doing dry brushing. You take like just, a, I don't know, it's like a brush. It's like a pretty tough bristle brush. And um, there's certain motions. You start at your feet and you work your way up. And basically you're exfoliating your entire body, but pushing micronutrients and fluids into your lymph nodes to help them flush out. And I've been doing that probably, I started five times a week and then I worked down to three times a week. And then I, um, I moisturize after that. And that's been really helpful as well. Oh, I also got a filter for my shower so that I'm not showering. I have well water, so it's very hard water. Um, but that all, minerals are very, you know, harsh on your body. So I got a filter for my shower. And then if you have public water, they put like fluoride and other chemicals, preservatives, cleaners in your water that are like very harsh and disrupting to your natural cycles. Um, so I would definitely recommend getting a filter as well for anybody. Beautiful protocol for limiting and eliminating, minimizing toxic load to allow your body to renormalize and reach homeostasis. Yeah, the the soap debacle. Really, it you know the, one of the craziest things to me is just how how much toxicity there is in almost everything mainstream. It's like you mentioned the water, the soap, even common toothpaste, shampoo, the water that you drink, the water that comes out of the shower, the the food that we eat, and the air that we breathe. I don't know. I'm I'm sure that the air that we breathe is different. I know where I live in this. Los Angeles, it's like pretty dirty air, um, unless you're real close to the ocean, but um, you can really go on and on. Even a lot of the, the clothes that, that we wear, um, if it, most clothes are made of, of polyester, which is a petroleum-based plastic derivative, and even that can be slightly toxic. And none of these things individually are like insanely poisonous, but added up, it, it's a fairly hard load for our body to deal with. And then on top of all the other stress of just trying to pay the bills and, and 
make our dreams into reality and you know self-actualize and maintain our health and our fitness and our relationships it's just so much it can seem like so much especially all, all at once and how do you how do you sort of prioritize the, these things in, in your life do you have um, a mindfulness practice or a journaling practice or do you have someone that, that you work with that can help you kind of stay accountable or how, how do you how did you go about implementing all, all of these into your life flow well first of all as I mentioned <laughs> I'm one of those people that takes a deep dive and I can definitely think of at least three times where I've like almost lost my mind thinking about how many toxins you know I consume on a daily basis Especially because I, I work in a restaurant too, and I um, was eating salmon like like four or five times a week, and then I like did a bunch of research on it. It's like very farmed salmon, which is like one of the most toxic fishes that you can eat at this time. So I stopped eating salmon as well, um, farmed salmon specifically. Um, when I had those breakdowns or close to breakdowns, what I did was. Take a deep breath, first of all, and realize that I don't have the ability to avoid all toxins. Like, it's that's not realistic. What is realistic is changing one, two, three things that I do on a daily basis that are in my control and that will at least lessen the load, the toxic load that my body takes in. Um... One thing that I forgot to mention that you mentioned is the toothpaste. I got fluoride-free toothpaste. That was the first thing that I did. And I noticed a difference. Like, it takes a while to adjust to the taste, but I was getting redness. Like, I have rosacea on my cheeks, but I was getting redness down by my mouth. And after I stopped the fluoride, um, it went away. You know, that was just like a clear reward for that, for, for reducing those toxins. The second thing I did was um, the body soap because it was like being directly affected. Like I was feeling pain from the body soap I was using, so I looked for a solution. It was one at a time. It wasn't something that I changed everything all at once. Um, and that's what I would recommend to people is to just do one thing. See how you feel. You may not feel that much different, but mentally you may think, you know, like I feel good using this toothpaste because there's no fluoride in it. And that's it. And um, as far as like my morning routine, I, I wake up, I go for a walk, I get morning sunlight, which is very important to me. And I'm a little bit nervous because it's fall and it's turning into winter. I live in, in Connecticut, so we get pretty rough winters over here. Um, and I've never had like the full seasonal depression, but I definitely notice my energy is lower. I have lower motivation when I don't walk first thing in the morning. So thinking about getting one of those lights, those happy lights or whatever. But um, I, I mean, I lived in Miami for three years and I never had the issue there. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely a sun person, but I also noticed that the sun is very harsh on your skin. Like I know there's a lot of controversy right now about sun being good for you and then sun being damaging to your skin, but balance is key. Like for me, I'm very fair. 
and too much sunlight is too harsh for my skin. So that's why I like morning sunlight because it's not as harsh. But afternoon sunlight, like I can't, I can't. I need sunscreen. <laughs> I cannot do it. Um, what else? I, I journal. I do journal. I've been fluctuating between doing gratitude prompts. Like I always wake up with gratitude, but I sometimes I write like five to ten things that I'm grateful for. Sometimes I free write if I'm feeling, you know, anxious or something. And sometimes I, I pray in the form of writing. Um, I read the Bible a little bit. I um, also, since getting off birth control, I've connected to a higher power. Um, and I find solace and peace in speaking to someone that I think has more control than I do. And then I'll make coffee or tea. I actually just tweeted today that I, I noticed that my allergies are a lot worse when I drink coffee than when I drink tea. So from the standpoint of nutrition, food and diet, what was, what has your journey been like understanding that? Because I know, I know personally it's been, it's been a bit of a journey trying, just being confronted with all the diet nutrition advice that's out there and trying to find out what works for me and who to listen to in that space. It's just, it's wild. I've, I've been fascinated by it for a long time and um, clearly see that most people really struggle with it. I'm curious what you've found uh, along the journey in, in, in that arena. I'm so glad you asked. I love talking about nutrition. Um, so when I first started working out, I knew nothing about nutrition. So I was basically working out to no results. Like, yeah, like I probably got stronger, but I never, my body never changed because I was just eating whatever I wanted. Um, when I decided to go to school for nutrition, I loved cooking. So my, my idea was to like become a chef and like cook for people and, you know, more about the flavor than about the macros. So I went to school and I just, it was great. Like I would never, I'm also thinking about getting my master's in nutrition. I feel like it's kind of unnecessary, but I would love to, if I was going to go back to school for whatever reason. Um, I fell in love with it, and I developed an eating disorder during college, which, act which I actually realized was happening in my childhood as well, because I was stressed and anxious and binge eating. Um, but in college, I would restrict, restrict, restrict like crazy. I lost a ton of weight. I was working out every day. Um, eating, you know, protein and vegetables, like barely any carbs, taking fat burners. I was addicted to fat burners for a while. I worked at vitamin shop, so I got to try all the new supplements and I would just be taking fat burners like crazy. I would be anxious because, you know, it hypes you up and like you're buzzing and oh man, it was, it was crazy. So I, yeah, developed like a full eating disorder um, and body dysmorphia. You know, I always felt like I like had a, had a belly and like, you know, just wasn't, I didn't like how I looked, but I was looking back on the pictures. I was like almost anorexic, like pretty, not anorexic, but I was like on the verge, especially cause I'm tall. I'm like five, nine. So being like 130 pounds was like a little bit light for me. And I 
was like that for probably two and a half years at college. And then um, COVID hit. And COVID was a blessing for me because I got to stop. I got to slow down. I got to learn about myself and figure everything out and cook while I was in COVID, you know. Um, And slowly started developing a relationship with food that was more about enjoyment than it was about restriction and that's why like one of my sayings today is like balance over restriction like find the health but also find the enjoyment out of it instead of just living for the macros um i also can't use those um food tracking apps anymore i just like go crazy about it so um i recently have i i eat what I want to eat and but but what I want to eat is pretty healthy food and what I've come to terms with is that you can train your palate to like anything if you eat a bunch of sugar you're gonna train it to like sugar if you eat a bunch of protein you're gonna train it to crave and like protein so what I work with my clients about is getting through that initial change of palate because it takes probably 12 to 15 times of eating a food for your palate to be adjusted to it and getting through that, having the discipline of willpower and desire to get through that, and then making it a, a lifestyle change, a lasting lifestyle change. What a great term, training your palate. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's, it's like magic. Yeah, it's, in my experience, it really, it's a real thing. There, there's a point in time where you'll be craving food that doesn't serve your body, mind's outside of the experience of eating it where yeah okay while i'm eating this meal it's amazing but then afterwards kind of feel like crap but when you shift and you focus on eating the food that serves you for uh, longer than that moment that you're eating it it's going to give you more energy more stable mood more powerful noetic capabilities your mind will be able to come up with more creative ideas you'll be able to focus for longer it will be more in a serene state Food has so much power aside from the sensual experience that we enjoy while we're eating it. And I have found the real magic, similar to you, comes when we realize that, oh, actually, you can have the best of both worlds. We can, we can have amazingly delicious food that also empowers us over the, over the rest of life, outside of mealtime. And there's zero deprivation outside of that initial transition getting training your palate like you said to want these foods that are more procreative towards our own flourishing definitely i mean there's there's indulgence and then there's using food as fuel like fuel for your dreams basically you know like fuel for the long term and what you want your life to be and that i feel like that applies to anything you know like you can buy something because you want to indulge and you want to spend your money or you can buy something or not buy something that's going to serve you in the long term your long-term goals and dreams dream fuel that's another great term (laughs) (laughs) amazing what are some of your like favorite kind of habitual meals some of your routine go-to things to cook in the the kitchen to fuel to fuel your dreams tough one because i'm a little disappointed about the salmon thing 
I still like so have you have you heard of Butcher Box? Yes. Um I yeah. So I, I love Butcher Box and they um they have like farmed salmon. This isn't an ad by the way. Um they have uh wild caught salmon, which is great. And you can tell the difference because it has a rich color and like kind of a, a meatier texture than store bought salmon or farm salmon that's more like kind of flaky and, and light pink. Um so I love cooking salmon um, with like either rice or um, yeah, typically rice or like a, a sweet potato, mashed potato, uh, and then some veggies. I love Brussels sprouts and I love uh, green beans. I love broccoli. Um, but also like you have to be in- intuitive about how those vegetables feel to you because they can be good for some people and not good for others depending on your stomach. Um, carrots my favorite. They, you can add carrots to any meal and have it be like very nutritious, very good for your skin, your eyes and your hair and your mind, and then also like have it taste good as well. So salmon, rice, and like some veggies. I also love steak. Like I love steak, filet mignon specifically, that I get from Butcher Box or at the store just buy like grass-fed, grass-finished meat. Um, I'm big on investing in high quality food because food is fuel for your dreams and for your day-to-day activities. So I like to spend a little more on, on the food thing. In college, food was the thing I spent the most money on. Like not going out, not partying, just food. <laughs> um, steak and green beans is great. I don't like asparagus, but I know it's good for you. Um, fruit is huge for me. Fruit and yogurt and granola. I have plans to start making my own granola. I have a good recipe of like, um, you use oats, some honey, um, like raisins or walnuts, depending on what you want. And then like you flavor it with cinnamon and nutmeg and cumin. You can find like DIY recipes online. I eat a lot of yogurt. I actually want to transition into raw milk and, and cheese at some point just to try it out. It's really good for your gut microbiome. Um, maybe let your girlfriend know if she is still having any gut issues, like that might be really good for her. Um, yeah, the yogurt and cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese too. That could be like my dessert sometimes, cottage cheese and blueberries and a little granola. Love cottage cheese. And for breakfast, always eggs. Like I love eggs. I think everybody should be eating eggs. Um, locally grown, grass fed. Eggs are huge. They're so nutritious for you. Protein, tons of vitamins, good fat, all the good stuff. Um, A little bit of bacon. Never hurt anybody. I don't love pork, but bacon, you know, is what it is. And don't be afraid to, like, eat bread and toast. Definitely try to stay away from the enriched wheat flour, but sourdough breads and bakery breads that are, like, well-made and, like, locally made and nourishing are they taste great and you know they never never hurt anybody <laughs> but obviously everything in moderation yeah i eat a lot of those those foods myself as as well love eggs love beef of, of all forms um i love salmon and the raw milk the raw dairy food set is is very interesting this isn't something that i encountered until earlier this year which is wild because i've been working in in the health food industry for years now and and i've been listening to so many podcasts and studying so many books and very few people really bring up the topic of 
of raw dairy versus pasteurized dairy, or at least it didn't quite land um, until recently. And it really is a wildly different substance. Um, one is much more alive. Luckily, here in California, it's, it's legal, so we can go to the store and get raw milk, raw cream, raw cheese, and raw, raw kefir is, is mm-hmm. probably the best way to repopulate um, a damaged microbiome and, and add aliveness to, to your digestive system, which is, is so important on, on so many levels, everything from the being able to digest the food that you eat to being able to stabilize your mood. Kefir is such a powerful one. Um, even if you can't find it raw, pasteurized kefir is still very good, very good to, to include, much better than something like a kombucha or um, really, and, or like even probiotic supplements that you buy at the store that's a lot of those are not not going to do anything. They're just a, kind of a dead powder, but getting an alive food like a, a kimchi, a sauerkraut, or, or a kefir, or a yogurt, or a cottage cheese, those are so amazing for helping our body at, at the microbial level. Do you have a good brand that you use for the kefir? Because that's something I haven't gotten into yet, but I'm, I want to. There's one in California that's called Raw Farms. Um, they have a raw kefir, which is, is very good. There's also another really delicious one that is available nationwide, or at least I've, I've gotten it um, in different states. It's made by um, Maple Hill. So Maple Hill is, is a grass-fed dairy located in New York. I'm, I'm sure you can get that in Connecticut. Um, I've gotten it in Delaware and in, in Miami. Um, they sell it here. So that, that's a great one to look for. It's delicious. I'll go and just take a swig if I'm craving you know, some, a little bit of energy. And yeah, Maple Hill Creamery makes an amazing kefir. Highly mm. recommend that one. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Is it in like major groceries or is it in local? It should be. Yeah, it should be in, in most major groceries. Um, I've been able to find it in Whole Foods or even in, in other um, less like, you know, uh, high-end stores. It, it should be in, in most, most grocery stores. Um, they've, they've also got like Greek, great Greek yogurt, butter. It's a, a great company for for. American dairy, um, American grass-fed dairy, because a lot of the grass-fed butter, especially, is imported from Ireland or New Zealand for some reason. But like, why not just get get it from New York and, and try and localize our food system a little bit more? Um, so yeah, that that's been a, that's been a big one for me. And then I don't know if you have much bone broth or um, organ meats at all, but th- those are those are have been excellent additions to my diet as well that I find to be really supportive of my of my vitality yeah i really 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 want to try organs but i just haven't gotten there yet (laughs) um i would also have to like convince my fiance to like it too you know they have like the heart and soil i believe supplements with the desiccated liver like i feel like that would probably be a good good start for me i don't i've literally never tried liver um so, you know, there's always a first time for anything. I do plan to in the near future, but I just got to get there. And I also started um, eating skier yogurt, the Icelandic yogurt, which has been really good because I love yogurt, like I mentioned. And I, I transitioned completely to the skier yogurt, which has definitely been more beneficial, less sugary. Awesome. Yes, those... The supplements are one way to start. It's a completely different experience though because it's just basically a, the same as any dried supplement um, where 
it's potentially not as, you know, maybe you'll get a little bit of, of nutrition from that, but it won't be the same as all as, uh, as eating the actual liver. Although that's also a big jump. Going in for an actual liver is, is a big leap. There is a company called Force of Nature. They sell an ancestral blend ground beef, which is about 5% heart and liver mixed into the ground beef, and you, you don't taste it at all. Some other companies offer a similar option, and it is possible to make something like that on your own. It could be like a, a meatball or a ground beef burger with a little bit of liver in it because um yeah eating eating just a straight up organ whether it's a heart or liver is definitely intimidating and it, it tastes um, um i'll just say it tastes adventurous <laughs> so it's it's not not like most other cuts of of steak or, or beef or pork it's definite there's definitely a gaminess to it and that gaminess comes from phytonutrients so when we eat wild game uh, whether it's something like wild boar elk um, could be moose, bison, deer, venison, that, that gaminess that we taste is from the diverse range of phytonutrients that these animals are eating um, out in the wild. So that is a bit of an, an acquired taste. But if you recognize that as something that is supportive and, and bio-boosting, it can help a little bit with the, with the acclimation to the new and adventurous flavors. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess just the whole different diet creates whole different cuts and whole different meat so that's yeah i guess that explains it the phytonutrients cool yeah i the ground ground up everything sounds like a good idea for me because i won't even think about it <laughs> another aspect of, of your journey that you brought up was um, your childhood growing up it sounded like you had um, a lot of challenges around integrating in, into life um, from you mentioned your your mom dealing with alcoholism and, and you yourself, you're facing various eating disorders and acclimating to that environment. How was that as a, an experience and how did that shape who you are today? So when I first started coaching or like getting my face out on the social media, I really wanted to help other children of alcoholics because when you're a child of an alcoholic, it's very traumatizing. It's very damaging to your central nervous system, to your self-image, to your sense of familial structure, to your relationships. So it can really make or break you. Um, I like to say that adversity makes you stronger. But that's not the case for everybody because if it breaks you, then it breaks you. And, uh, and a lot of children of alcoholics or other addicts become addicts themselves and fall into toxic habits, whether it be gambling, um, you know, sexual indulgences, like toxic relationships, it's a huge one, uh, trouble with money because they never saw a good example of how to handle your finances. So they have trouble with money themselves, can't hold down a job, sense of self-worth, things like that. So I really wanted to help other children of alcoholics because I think I've done pretty good for myself, not to like to my own horn, but I think that I have used it to become a stronger person. I'm sorry, that's my, my Roomba vacuum. Um, <laughs> so it allowed me to go into like the darkest part of my life and come out into the light. Like I've seen the contrast, I've seen the differences. And there was a time even in my young adulthood which I am no longer, now that I'm 25, um, that was very dark for me. I was like struggling with 
the um, fat burning addiction, food. Um, it was an addiction, but it was like, you know, difficult restrictions. I had a couple toxic relationships and I was on my own. Like I go to therapy, but ultimately like you need to do it yourself. And me finding the power and the capability within myself to do that made me feel like I could help other people do it. And that is what I've gained from the difficulty in my past is that I can help other people do it and I can do it for myself again if I need to. Because I'm not, I like refuse, like I refuse to go back there and feel like I don't have any self-worth or feel that, you know, my mother doesn't love me and feel that I can't hold a relationship or a job or whatever. Like I'm not going to go back there. But what I can do is help other people move forward from that. So my passion, even when I tried to do the children of alcoholics thing, I always kept coming back to nutrition because I, nutrition is my passion. Like it fuels me. It, it, it really gets me excited. There's endless amounts to learn from about nutrition and there's just so much that you can do. Like so many people lack proper nutrition and I truly feel that proper food and nutrition can change anyone's life. Like even if you're eating the cleanest that you can possibly clean or the, the cleanest you can possibly eat, you can do something differently that might make you feel better or might improve your performance in some way. And I just feel like honing in on that balance and that science can really change the world. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I've really enjoyed you. That was, that was great. And uh, it's inspiring. It's, it's inspiring to me. And I hope that it's inspiring to others because really everything that you've shared in the, in this conversation is, is really deep and powerful. I know we were just scratching the surface. I imagine that there are, we could go on for hours with, with all the challenges that you faced along the way and, and overcoming them, whether it's something that you experienced growing up or healing yourself along the process of becoming the woman you are today and being in a place where you're able to help others, you're able to reach down and help them out of that pit, um, whether it's from a difficult childhood situation or coming off of birth control or dealing with eating disorders. These are, these are all extremely challenging things that you've gotten a grip on that you've overcome to be the woman you are today. And that, that's incredible. And I, I applaud you for that. And I'm excited to watch you grow as, as, as a health coach and as a voice in this space, leading other women to a place of vitality and, and wellness and power. And is there anything else that you'd like to say or, or share with, with the audience before we go? Thank you for that, first of all. Um, I've said a lot of the my core values on this podcast already, and I, I'm really, I appreciate the opportunity to share this with you and, and your viewers as well. Um, if there's anything that I want to leave people with listening to this, it's that you don't need to be perfect. Like, there's literally no such thing as perfect. And if you are feeling overwhelmed by the amount of things that you want to change and improve on in your life, just start with one. Like just pick one thing that you want to make better and do it. Start to finish and then move on to the next one. 
and keep going like that. Thank you.